so Michelle, you left us with such a cliffhanger last week. Did I? You did. You said, oh, I have all these things to talk about. And I said, tell me. And then you said, we're out of time. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) So I want to talk about what you have been up to the past six weeks. You have been speaking across the world, giving workshops. It has been a summer. Europe. Northern Europe. Well, yes. I mean, it's far away from me. So (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about it. Tell us. Yeah. So, okay. So I guess the last time... We talked, it was like middle of June, right? Like I right that's before correct. I left for conferences. So I went to two conferences in the middle of June. I went to Go to Aarhus and then I went to uh, Mind the Product in um, Hamburg, which, by the way, I kept calling Meet the Product, which like is so funny. It's like, you know, you can take the girl out of Washington, but you can't take the Washington out of the girl. Um, and I was like, Mind the Product, Mind the Product. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so, so yeah, so I set out on a midnight train, uh, going somewhere. To Georgia? Uh, No. No, no, it it was, it was actually at like one in the afternoon, (laughs) but it was a journey and went to Aarhus. So I had the workshop on, I think it was Tuesday. So Tuesday was, was the first deploy empathy in-person customer interview workshop from, I think, nine to four. It was. Whoa, that is a long workshop. It it was a uh, an action packed workshop, and I think a long day for for all of us. I think it's kind of it's tough to be like engaged in one topic for that long. Yeah. In a small room, I th- I think it was. Uh, I I think it was a sort of more challenging, I guess, than than I expected, both for like myself and the participants, and so I ended up juggling things around a little bit or kind of like shuffling things and it was also really small so it was two participants in the workshop which on the one hand I think was really great since it was my first long workshop because I've only done workshops that were meetup length basically so like one and a half to three hours at the most and so and I've actually never taught anything for six or seven hours straight Wait, so, wait, wait, wait. Can I pause you just so I get some clarity yeah. here? So you were in a room with only two people from nine to four? Yes. Holy cow. I mean, there were breaks and there was lunch and stuff, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of togetherness. Okay, continue on. There was there was a lot of togetherness. So I think it was good that it wasn't that many people for my first one. On the other yeah. hand, I think for future ones, you do need the kind of dynamics and chemistry that happens when you have more people. So I'm doing another workshop at Full Stack Europe uh, in Antwerp in Belgium, first week of October. Aaron Francis, Colleen's co-founder, will also be there. Buy your tickets. And I think I told them the minimum number of people is six. That seems Because reasonable. I think you just need a, you need a few more people in the room because what I was like, you know, I have all these like prompts throughout it and whatnot. It's like sharing your own experience. And if you've only got two people in the room that is that is requiring a lot of the participants like sometimes it's like it's totally okay to not want to answer every single question the speaker has and just listen or zone out and if there's only two or three people in the room the participants don't really have that option so I think that's something I will I mean that is something I have changed for the future and then and then so the following day 
actually I had nothing. I got to explore Aarhus. I went to an art museum. It was really nice. Um, I had an interview for the conference. Like I, I sort of took a very long leisurely walk to the conference that day. Such a cute city. Had an interview that is going up on YouTube at some point. And then I spoke the following morning. So now this is Thursday. And that went really, really well. I did the talk that I had been calling How to Talk So People Will Talk, which is just basically all, using all of the tips and tricks from the book. Though I think I, I sort of realized as I was sort of giving it that really that talk should be titled Before You Deploy Code, Deploy Empathy. Yeah. Which I so heard good. myself say that and it was like, like I could just see how that just like clicked. Yeah. So that went really, 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 really well. And I realized in doing that, that my favorite, my favorite part about being conferences is talking to people. There's just this kind of fun friend catchery energy that comes up when you stand up in stage and then people come and talk to you afterwards or at social events or whatnot, because they're also interested in the same topic. Like I've never had someone come up to me and tell me that they like hated my talk and thought it was terrible and it didn't belong there. Now, you know, sort of knock on wood here like <laughs> that's gonna happen the next time I give a talk <laughs> but like that's why I do it that's why I go to conferences and get off stage is to make friends and have those friends come to me rather than me like awkwardly waiting uh th- you know through the group at a break or whatever and I really I felt so energized by that and I realized I didn't really have that same level of energy coming out of the workshop, which is so that's something I'm kind of thinking about and digesting a bit of whether in the future I may maybe focus more on doing talks and less workshops. Now, the thing about workshops is you get paid to do them. So so that's, you know, nice. But, you know, I also, you know, if someone goes to my talk and they buy my book, like, you know, I also get paid for that. So I think that's something I'm still like chewing on but I think from there I don't, I don't think I'm gonna raise my hand for another all-day workshop though after doing that conference I did get invited to speak at two other conferences despite my reading of my own energy levels I think I guess you know it went well <laughs> in the eyes of the audience um, unfortunately I am unable to go to both of those because of scheduling conflicts is October a full day or a no it's three hours minutes? Three hours. Okay. Yeah. That's a and I'm also positioning that one less as talking to customers and also interviewing clients and stakeholders, too, because, you know, Full Stack Europe is, you know, definitely a conference aimed at developers and they might be from a wide variety of kind of industry types, everything from SaaS to open source to clients and or maybe they only have access to internal stakeholders who then have a- access to the to the customers. So really really varies and so that one I'm going to take a more broad approach about applying the tactics and teaching people the tactics more in depth so that they can use them in any context kind of also how you've been using them a little bit in a sales context I think making that a bit broader um, I intentionally didn't start with here's how you can apply it in sales because you know you teach people the rules first and then you teach them how to break them right mm-hmm. yeah but I think I'm going to weave a little bit of that into it, too. But that, I mean, that audience won't probably won't be doing a lot of sales. I can always adopt it. But but yeah, so that one is going to be three hours. And then I'm also doing the before you deploy code, deploy empathy talk, which is maybe my new nice. catch line. I should totally. Um, I like it. 
should trademark that or whatever. Um, <laughs> though, man, we just got our Geocodio trademark. Woohoo! Uh, but it took like, I don't know, like two years to get the whole thing done. Wow. So, yeah, it's oh a long goodness. process. That is a process. Yeah. So, so okay, so I gave that talk. This is Thursday morning of that week. And then I had like half an hour to like chat with people. And then I had to get on another train going to Germany which was actually so fun. Like, like I just, I realized how much I miss traveling. And again, talking to people while traveling, this is like kind of the theme is that I just like to go places and talk to people. Yeah. I mean, it, it was so fun. So got to Hamburg literally like 10 minutes before the speaker dinner. So like rushed there all sweaty, had a lot of fun talking to the other speakers. And then the next day I had my talk, which was not necessarily related to my book. And it was just pure fun so this was a product audience which is very different because the other one was was pretty much all software developers um and architects and so i gave a talk on this quote that all product people like viscerally hate and makes our skin crawl which is if henry ford had talked to customers they would have um, told him to build a faster horse and like just all of us have had that thrown at us whenever we propose anything remotely related to getting users involved in the process, usually by executives, but it can often be, you know, stakeholders or other people on the team. And so I just gave a talk just destroying that. And I had an absolute ball doing that. And I think that really came through. And and yeah, that was that was just fun. I just I really, really had fun and then talked to a lot of people. It was a crazy week though. I mean I was away from my yeah, family for like, like six days because I didn't go home until Saturday afternoon. So from, yeah, from Monday to Saturday, which like, you know, people who are, I don't know, all the McKinsey consultants or whatever are really out there going, ha, <laughs> but that was a lot for me. <laughs> so I think doing two in one week was probably a bit much, but I think it was helpful because A, I learned that that's probably too much, like two different cities in the same week for me. And also that, yeah, my my energy really comes from talks and from shorter workshops. But also, like, I don't know if I would pitch a long talk after this. Like, I love getting up there for 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes. I've never done or no, I actually I have done a 45 minute talk. That's what we did at Laracon in 2017. And this is one of those things where, like, if somebody came up to me and offered it to me, I would probably say yes. But I don't know if I would seek it out and pitch something that was like on stage for 45 minutes or an hour because I just I love the interaction with people and and that's really where I get the most energy from it and I'm I'm really just in this to make friends <laughs> that's awesome yeah so that that was my my crazy week in June that yeah I remember coming up to that that was going to be crazy <laughs> and then and then I think there was a couple weeks in between and then we went on vacation for a couple of weeks in the U.S. which was fantastic and I disconnected more than I have in the past I didn't entirely disconnect but you know I only open my laptop every other day or maybe every third day rather than opening it every day it's pretty good which is pretty good for me like that's yeah that's pretty good because I check my email every day but just because it's on my phone and intercom but then actually doing things like and I felt like such a slacker too and Matias was like it's completely fine like you don't actually have anything you have to like do right now that's urgent and I was like I know but like I feel like I should just be putting in a couple of hours like and I yeah I felt like such a slacker but I actually did you know disconnect a bit and had days I 
I didn't work and, and got to enjoy it. And while we were there, we got to meet with our new employee uh, who started oh, on so July great. 1st, which was awesome to get together with him nice. in person. Yeah. Because he, he used to work with Matias, so Matias knows him really well. But I had, I think I had like met him like very, very briefly once or twice okay. because the company they used to work at used to host the Jobs to Be Done meetup that I was a leader of when we ran that, like, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago at this point. So I probably ran into him, but we didn't really remember each other. So it was really nice to sit down. And actually, we chatted at our old haunt, uh, Northside Social, which is the coffee shop we used to meet at every week before. Wow, I haven't been there. I know. And uh, so it was really nice to go back there and reminisce on uh, those beautiful pre-COVID days when we just sat in a coffee shop together for <laughs> we two so hours naive. until our parking ran <laughs> out what was chatting coming. about business and life and everything else oh my goodness if they only knew oh jeez right yeah so now I'm back so let's go back to talk about these conference talks okay you said something to me or I think you said something to me which was you had always, not want to say always, but you had wanted to be in a position where people invited you to speak at conferences. But now that they are inviting you to speak at conferences, you realize that maybe speaking at conferences all the time isn't what you want to do. Yes. Did you say something like that? Okay. Sort of. Let's expand on that. I mean, so I remember like, I mean, going back, like I probably started applying to speak at conferences in like 2015. 15 or so like and this is mostly like product conferences yeah and I would apply for stuff like once a month and it was always rejected like and this was you know you you send a pitch and like a, an outline and everything else and yeah my talks were always rejected and I was doing a lot of blogging for a while too mm-hmm. like I wrote on medium which now seems <laughs> like a long time ago And so I thought I was building like a little speaking, I don't know, person. Like I was trying to build a personal brand because I thought that was what you should do. So I was blogging and trying to do conference talks. And yeah, they just got rejected every time. And if I was like, if I was lucky, I would get an email saying it was rejected. But more often than not, I just never heard anything. So initially it was to like kind of build a personal brand because people tell people who are employed that they should do that. Yeah. For in case they need to find a new job. And then I, you know, made my own job and didn't need to do that anymore. But it was like that I was working from home and I was like, you know what, actually, if you're speaking up on stage, like people come and talk to you and they're pretty much guaranteed to be interested in at least one similar thing as you. And so I realized they were a great friend catcher, to borrow the the Patrick McKenzie uh, word. So that's what got me into speaking. And it was and I think that was actually helpful because it was less about having I think for for me, like the idea of like building a personal brand both felt very nebulous and it was kind of like, why do I want to do that? Like I didn't have any intrinsic reason for wanting to do that. And it's probably why I fell flat on my face pitching talks for so long. (laughs) But yeah, so I just, so I had this goal. It's like, okay, like if I get up on stage, then people will come talk to me. I don't have to stand there awkwardly on the side of the social happy hour thing, just like with nobody to talk to, because I will do that. Like, despite the fact that I love to talk to people, if I go to an event and I don't know anyone, I will not talk to anyone. I understand. Like, so I needed to give, like, I needed to give people a reason to talk to me. So I started doing that. And then, yeah, and and sort of writing the 
the book and podcast and everything, I guess I've sort of accidentally built a personal brand, but not very consciously or intentionally. And people have been inviting me to things. And I also, you know, put it out there that I wanted to be speaking at things and got invitations. And I want to keep speaking at things. Absolutely. But I think maybe like doing it all the time, like, you know, like I met some people there who were, you know, they're going off to another conference the following week and they or they had two the following week or three the following week or like, and I don't know if this is a post-COVID thing, but like Mm -hmm. people who are basically doing weeks on end of being at conferences. I don't want to do that. Like if I ever need to go get a job, like developer relations and going to conferences all the time would be a terrible job for me. So... I think probably finding some sort of balance and, you know, going a couple times a year or every other month or something and giving talks then is probably a good balance for me. But doing two in a week or doing, you know, four in two weeks or or some of these other schedules I heard from people is, is probably not for me. Like being like a professional speaker and basically quitting Geocodio, just being a speaker and an author. I don't, that's not for me. I, I really missed kind of being in the trenches and not talking to anyone for six hours. (laughs) (laughs) So let's see. To recap, you run a multi-million dollar company. You have published a book and now you are a world (laughs) famous speaker. What's next for you, Michelle? (sighs) Doing less of things, actually. Yeah. this I want to talk about this. Tell me. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been thinking a lot about how, you know, I have work stuff, which is both Geocodio and then work I create for myself, which is the book and this podcast and people inviting me to speak at their team meeting and kind of everything else that I loosely classify as work. And then there's life stuff. And there's also, you know, I have the added complication of being in language school, which I'm hopefully done with in December. Oh, I hope so. I know that's been a lot. But also, I was in business school from 2017 to 2020. So I realized recently that there was actually only one year I had been working full-time on Geocodio of the past five years where I was not in school of some sort. Hmm. Okay. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of like thinking about my own priorities and trying to do so sort of brutally honestly that like, you know, first comes sort of family life, right? You know, making sure that our daughter's at school and, you know, spending time with her and getting dinner on the table and and all of that, you know, just sort of the basics of making life function. And then there's work and all of the things I loosely define as work, which some of which are actually side projects that I give the same priority as actual work. And then, yeah, and then I have my sort of my my life management. I don't know what we want to call this, my life overhead of like language school and all of that other stuff going on. And there's also like my health involved in this. Mm-hmm. And I looked back and basically realized that I'm kind of doing, or first of all, I'm basically not taking care of my health very much. Like, aside from sort of getting my mental health sorted out, you know, final on ADHD meds on the right one, like, that's in a, my mental health is actually in a really good place. My physical health is not, because I basically was like, oh my God, but with everything going on, I don't have time to go to the gym or bike with my daughter to school and back. Like, I just don't, like, I don't have time. So that completely fell by the wayside. And then everything else I'm basically doing, you know, at a half burner, uh, using that burner's um, metaphor. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that, like, doing a bunch of things kind of mediocrely is not really going to work. Yeah. Like, there's also the fact, like, I have to pass my fluency exam in December. Like, I have more time, but I'm on schedule for that right now. 
So if I like if I can focus on it this coming, you know, this fall, then I can be done, which would be amazing. And then I also I I need to have more family time, right? Like our our daughter's only a little kid for for so long, right? You know, she's only under our roof for so long. So I think I need to reshuffle some priorities and also you know, we have we we've talked a little bit about how living in Europe with US customers and a family means that like everything is basically shouting at you come three o'clock in the afternoon. Like just everything is happening at the same time. And like, it's all very condensed. And it's, so it's like, she's home from school, there's pickup, there's activities, customer stuff is, is, is happening. If I have to have a phone call that happens at a minimum, you know, at three o'clock, sometimes two, if someone is an early riser and will meet with me at eight and they're on the East coast dinner to be made, you know, just like, it's just everything is happening at the same time yep and I I just I really struggle with those hours between like three and seven yeah so I think I need to I think I need to pull back on sort of side projecty stuff like I, I you What's know I'm, I'm, I'm projecty stuff what are you talking well, about well the book and like oh being yes. on podcast okay. and by the way so you set a goal for me of being on 20 podcasts to promote the book and I will have you know that I did that Good only 19 you. of them have aired <laughs> But I have done it, and I am checking that box. And if somebody invites me to be on their podcast, I will do it. But I'm going to stop seeking it out, at least for now, because I do not have time. I think this is kind of what it's coming down to is, like, we do this podcast together. I can make time for that. But, like, I mean, I I, I wish I had more time to talk to our customers, too. Like, quite frankly, I feel like I spend more time talking about talking to (laughs) customers than I actually spend talking to customers. And that really doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. And it's also, you know, it's a source of motivation and inspiration and and a reminder of why we do what we do um and how lucky we are to do that and and who we do it for and it's 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 a really important part of my my work I think just as a founder in general yeah um keeps us from stagnating you know keeps us close to the ground and if I'm squeezing in my time with you know doing podcast appearances for basically my side project and then also trying to juggle family and life and everything else on top of that in that same four-hour time frame every afternoon. Yeah, like, there's not a ooh. lot of time. That's what's so hard about it, too, is it's, like, three to seven. That's such a bad, like, ugh. Yeah, that yeah. sounds hard. Yeah. So I think I need to pull back on promoting the book for a while. Like, And the thing is, is if I can focus on language school, then I can be done in December. I can go back to doing that in January, right? Like most times when people invite me to go on their podcast, it's usually scheduled at least a month or two out anyway. I'm, we're, we're going to, to Belgium for full stack Europe. I actually just booked our plane tickets today. Nice. I convinced Matthias to go with me. Oh, so great. I'm super excited. Yeah. Oh, and I guess I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm also doing something in November. With me. But yes. But other than that, <laughs> I don't think I have any other work travel going on. Okay. And yeah, not going to seek out like also. So this thing, like I realized that I get all this energy from getting up on stage and, and you know, having people come up to me and meeting people that way. Do not get the same energy from doing Zoom talks. Oh, yeah. Like Zoom talks are just draining with none of the friend catcher benefits. Yes. Like it's just taking up time. And it usually has to be a scheduled at a time that works for, quote unquote, everybody, which means u.s east coast and u.s west coast which is a time that does not work for me usually like it's very often like 9 p.m my time so i i might either start 
declining Zoom invitations or, I mean, or being very, very selective about Zoom opportunities because it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just draining. Yeah. And I guess I'm at the point where now I can start saying no to things. And I think that's kind of scary for me because I am so used to being rejected for things that Mm. to say no to something there's this very loud part of me that's like, but if you say no, they're they're going to like hate you and they're never going to invite you ever again. Mm. Like and all of a sudden the universe will turn against you and you will never have any speaking ever again, which is like not true. Uh, I am not, you know, like canceling myself by saying, sorry, I'm unable to attend. But, you know, there's definitely like that that fear there. Right. Or it's just like, you know, or I feel like ungrateful. Right. Because for so long, this is what I wanted to to do and then to say no to it feels really really weird but yeah I think I think I need to down prioritize all of these you know side projects engagements businesses that have honestly brought me a lot of joy over the past uh, couple of years and just kind of I don't know put my head down and focus on life a bit like be a bit quieter you know I'm not fully going in this direction but I think part of me really kind of gets why Paul Jarvis, the founder of Fathom, is, you know, so quiet on the internet and, mm-hmm. you know, often deletes his Twitter account and then will come back for a few days and then deletes it again and is keeps a very low profile after writing a book. Like, everyone has been very kind to me, but that kind of, yeah, sometimes you just kind of want to disappear and be a little bit anonymous after being very public about something. Yeah. I like, I just, I just really get it and I'm, I'm not going fully in that direction. Um, I definitely respect and understand why why he has to the extent he has publicly said so of course but yeah so like kind of like I kind of maybe I just kind of want to like work a little bit and and not be as much of a presence sort of all over the place that sounds like a great plan at least for now I think that's what I need at least because till December I need to focus on language school and I need to get myself back in the gym. And I think, I don't think we have time for this today, but like, I need to talk to you about how you actually like fit it in, in your life. <laughs> like, cause it's like, I'm, and I'm like, well, if I work out in the morning, like then I have to shower, but like I have to build in that time for it. Or like, what if I just don't shower in the morning, but then I have to like, it just feels complicated. Or it's like, do you not shower? Or like, when do you do your hair? Like, do you just not do your hair? Do you not have makeup on? Like, I don't know. Like, can you work out when your kids are home? Should you only do it during work hours? Like, do you wake up at Whoa, six? You are like, what if you're too tired? Like, complicating this. <laughs> it feels to me like I feel like it is complicated though. Like finding time for life and it work and family and yourself and like finding to fit all of those things in, especially when you are the lowest priority, is very hard. Oh man, I have thoughts like, on this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, honestly, no, I want to hear them. Okay. Screw it. We'll, we'll go a little I'm bit going. long. I need to hear this because this is like what I'm trying to figure okay. out right now. First, I want to beat you, I want to take a bat and beat you over the head with this. You've, okay. <laughs> like, listen, here's the thing, Michelle. Okay. You have made it. You need to chill out, right? Like you have, like you define success from a business. If you look just at a, a business perspective. So one, working 12 hours a day, 10 hours a day should no longer be necessary. Take that out, though. Even if you hadn't made it, okay? Even if you were like... You can't rest on your laurels, though, right? No, like, of course not. But, but Michelle, like, again, you run a multi-million dollar business with one employee. Like, you should... 
be able to solve this problem. But anyway, let's take that out of here, okay? <laughs> let's say you haven't made it. You're making $1,500 a month like me. Even in that position, you should not, you just said when you are the last priority, you should not be the last priority because if you are not healthy and well, your whole family is going to fall apart. You are the nucleus of your family. And your family, as you told me earlier, is the most important thing. You look like you don't believe me. Well, I believe you, but it's like, when do I find so this is what I, time I get for up that, at si- I, right? It's like, should I, like, so I, should I be getting up at six and then somehow squeezing in a workout before getting her out the door at, she, we have to leave for school at 730. Yeah. So you have to leave earlier than we do. So what we do, oh, there's two of you. No, this is, this should be totally manageable. I have three kids. Is it okay for me to not be present in the morning? Here's like, what I do. Let me. Maybe I have so much guilt Girl. about this because I was in like business school for so long at you night. You got some issues. And, like, I feel like I always have to be No. There. I do have issues. You got some issues, honey. Okay, listen. Here's what we do. <laughs> I get up at six. No one else in my family is up at six o'clock. I get up at six. I physically leave the house before anyone else wakes up so no one can stop me. And I'm gone. Like my workout class is 630 to 730. The kids have to leave for school at 740. I get home at like 735. My husband gets them ready for school. I mean, she's as old as my kids, so she can probably get herself ready for school, right? All my kids can get themselves ready for school. Yeah. So they she can. they have a list, you know, on the fridge. We have one of those magnet things with all of their tasks in the morning. They get up. They do all their chores. They pack their lunch, and they go to school. They pack their own lunches? Except Ella. Yeah, they pack their own lunches. Dude, you have your kids so well trained. <laughs> yeah, well, there's three of them, so you have to. <laughs> This is also like I have no excuses because you have three kids and somehow find a t- like time to work out and devote to yourself. And I have one and I don't. But you seem to like, have some kind like... of like unnecessary guilt you're carrying around. Like you can't be you don't need to be there in the morning. Matias can get her ready. There's two of you. I mean, I guess actually when when we were in Arlington, I was going to 6 a.m. workout classes three days a week and that was working out really well. But now I live in the countryside and you can't, you can't get a 6 a.m. That. bar That's class. That's the problem. Like, that doesn't exist. Yeah. So whether you... <laughs> like, I could do, like, 6 a.m. spinning or something. I would just try something. I mean, just to get yourself back in the yeah. habit. But, like, I've been incredibly consistent this year. And I think, for me, it's the get up at 6, get out of the house. You know, put your clothes out the night before. Get out of the house before anyone wakes up. And they can't stop you. <laughs> you just go. And, <laughs> and sometimes I get home, like, in the beginning when I started doing this, because... Um, you know, we were having, you know, there's a little shift with my husband getting them ready versus me getting them ready. And there's things Nick does that I would never do, but you have to let that go. Like you just have to let it be like he lets Ella wear long sleeves when it's 80 degrees out. That's fine. Like they can sort that out. Like you can't be so, I don't know, perfectionist, right? Like he packs her the same lunch every single day. Does she eat it? Yeah. But I never did that, right? Wow. I was like, oh, the kids have to have, like, they have to have special new lunches every day. They don't. They can eat the same thing every day. <laughs> you actually are, like, our daughter pretty much eats the same thing every day. She's a Danish kid, so she eats rye bread okay. with like some sort of meat on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I think it's so, here's what, it's, what yeah. I've noticed. So 6 a.m. is your If I don't do it at 6 a.m., I'm not going to do it. And you don't have to do it every day. But honestly, I just think it would be so good for you. You would feel so good if you got into the habit and I don't know again there's two adults and one kid 
So I don't know why you can't do this. <laughs> the math is in our favor. <laughs> don't understand. It is not in yours, and you still make it I don't work. understand why you can't do this. I think this should be a priority for you. This and language school from now till December should be your priorities. And then I basically need to, like, show up for work, basically, and, you know, just I mean, and also, you wash your hair way too much. Then work. Let me teach you about hair maintenance. <laughs> you wash your hair way too much. <laughs> How often do you wash your hair? Once every three to four days. Okay, this uh, this is a conversation we're having <laughs> offline because I do not understand and I will not I will not bore all of our male listeners with a discussion of how often we wash our hair, but I probably wash my hair way too much and I also have like so when I started working, I started out in a web development agency. Okay. And this is also in DC, which is a you know very sort of conservative office mm-hmm. um, dress code wise. Yeah. And we had to be basically, like, a client could stop by at any time. And so we always had to be presentable. And so this, like, idea that you were always presentable and that above, you know, like, that that, that is, like, the top priorities, that you are presentable and that, you know, you can cover your shoulders at any, (laughs) with a minute's notice because DC. Yeah, seriously. Uh, Cover your shoulders, heels, nylons. The whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. Even when it's 100 degrees outside. Mm. Um, And, you know, and then I went to work, you know, in a more of a tech company after that. And basically just, I think, wore jeans and a T-shirt, like, for an entire year, almost as uh, a revolt um, a little bit. But I think I still have a little bit of that, where it's like, oh, if I have to have a call with a customer that, you know, thanks, no thanks to Zoom are all on video now, where they used to be phone calls and, like, hashtag return to phone calls because they were amazing (laughs) and I didn't have to do my hair like I always have to be presentable now and so it's like if I wanted to do something where it's like okay I don't shower I just you know everybody gets out the door I work and then I try to work out at like I don't know five or six eight o'clock or whatever that doesn't work because I haven't done my hair and makeup and like I like you know like there's just that that pressure to be presentable and I don't know if that's reasonable if that's just like my because I feel like our first jobs really shape um, how we think about companies, uh, everything from organization to how how we dress, right? Like, you started out in government contracting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, we also, I mean, we didn't, yeah, we also had to be presentable at that job. Yeah. So, I don't know if I've just clung to that too much. But then again, also I'm the company founder. So, like, I don't know. Maybe maybe I am overthinking all this, or maybe I'm just actually. I think I'm I'm thinking about it, and I am sort of trying to challenge it and figure out why is it that I feel like I can't. I mean, there's nothing wrong this. with that, right? If you like to get dressed and do your hair and makeup, but I'm saying you can work out. It's no, it takes up so much time. Yeah, like okay, well, there, there you <laughs> and go. And once the hair and makeup is done, like I have to like make sure it's preserved for the for until whatever I have some meeting or something, and then I can do something but like there's no time to take two showers in a day like my husband will take two showers in a day sometimes on the weekend like if we do a lot of yard work yeah. or like wake up shower yard work and then shower and I'm like I don't have like three hours in a day to like shower get dressed makeup hair twice in a day like not happening okay here's what I think I, I don't think it's this hard I think you get out the door at six <laughs> you work out for an hour whether it's go for a bike ride go for a run go to a gym whatever you're back at seven thirty. Matias gets your daughter to school. You shower, and you're at your desk by eight a.m. Yeah, I should. I should try I think that. You should and try I just that. have to get my butt to sleep at nine in order to make that happen. 
which ten. I have not been good about. So, ten. I go to sleep at ten. But yeah, I okay. feel like I feel like this is gonna work for you. I feel like it'll be a little bit of an adjustment, but I think it's gonna work. I think you should try it. Okay. So am I gonna like do that thing where we like? I commit to this and then a month from now you ask me how it's going and then I've actually done it well, is that what's gonna happen now is it to you Ugh, right I mean having a functional vessel that my brain lives in I guess is important yeah your so, body is part of your your person yeah like <laughs> have to take care of it <laughs> yeah you know as we're, we're talking now I'm like looking uh almost wistfully at my trampoline so maybe I should get out there on this beautiful but I agree you can't do it in the middle of the day because of the shower problem I do agree with that like because it screws up my hair right I can't go jump on the trampoline in the middle of the day you got it that's why I can't look sweaty that's why I do it in the morning because then there's one shower I don't know why you're talking about two showers no one has time for that you do the one shower in the morning after you work out and then you're good yeah all right so that sounds like you're committing to me (laughs) (laughs) yep yep and then you know, and I, I think last fall I was really trying to, or last fall and spring, I w- like the days I had language school, because it's basically all day, Monday, Friday, Wow. I was trying to not work the rest of that day and instead, instead spend time with our daughter. Yeah. And so I, you know, like language school is half an hour, 35 minutes away. So I would leave at eight and then get back at like three. But I was so fried at that point that I couldn't and so I've actually been wondering it's like maybe what I could do is so get up on those days shower put workout clothes on which I know that's very normal in the U.S. to walk around in workout clothes it is not here (laughs) like people do not do that like athleisure is not a thing thing. (laughs) like it is extremely American in the way that we're 30 years ago wearing jeans would have been like wearing your workout clothes even if they're like nice Lulu workout clothes not a thing also Lulu isn't a thing (laughs) so but I might do that anyway like my classes all people from other countries whatever and then try to work out after language school clear my head a little bit and then try to just knock out one or two hours of email and stuff because like I feel like I like because our daughter gets out of school so early I feel like I have to be like having quality time with her at that point when in reality she's fried from being in school all day and most parents work from like nine to five or you know eight to four and so it's like I might be putting too much pressure on myself to try to be having quality time at three o'clock in the afternoon when most parents are working at that point and kids just you know want to be reading a book or watching tv or hanging out with their friends so I think I'm going to try to stop putting pressure on myself to turn those afternoons into quality time and just work out and work and then hopefully everybody's refreshed by dinner time yeah sounds good hopefully it's I mean it's just you just need know. to try things right you don't know what's going to work for your life what works for my life is probably not going to work for you but I think it can be done and you've been talking about this for a long time since October we talked about this when we went to Founder Summit <laughs> and this is like August yeah. we're almost a year in so <laughs> I feel I like it's it's a good plan like, just try things and figure out what works. I think so. And I think it's, it's, it's just been such a challenge for such a long time that it's, it's hard to... What, what is that phrase from um, Atomic Habits to stop motion versus action? I never remember which one is which, <laughs> but either. like thinking about something is not doing <laughs> right. it. Like, you need to just actually do it. But like with all of these different variables going on, I think my brain kind of like swims a bit. Sure. And just sort of just sort of I'm like DDoSing myself with all of these requests on my time yeah 
that makes total sense i think that makes total yeah. sense i feel that way all the time about other stuff so i totally get it i think this has been enough about me for one day i'm digging it man i'm having a great time let's keep going <laughs> I think it is that time of the show where we say thanks to people. Let's do it. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. You can become a supporter for $10 a month or $100 a year at softwaresocial.dev backslash supporters. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, <laughs> Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Bright Bits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Memo.fm, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gimez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Room Steals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outseta, Justin Jackson from MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh, the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, Kaylee of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Masalati of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from OpalNet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Nathan of Develop Your UX, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit. That list just warms my heart. <laughs> It's fun. I guess I want to mention that if we're saying your name or your company name wrong, please tell us. I just thought we that. We are not going to be <laughs> please send me a tweet. offended because I just realized I think we actually pronounce some of those names differently. Oh, no. And I don't know which is correct. <laughs> Sorry, that, that, that laugh is because uh, one of Colleen's sons is sneaking up on her right now. <laughs> if we're saying your name wrong, please tell us. And... Uh, and also, if anyone else wants to do some sort of challenge where you do something that you have been thinking about way too much but not actually doing for the past year, and then we'll check in on it in a month, let me know if you want to join me so it's not a solo quest. We'll see you next week. Huge thanks to all of our listeners who've become software socialites and support our show. Chris from Chipper CI, the daringly handsome Kevin Griffin, and Mike from Gently Used Domains, who has a nice personality, Dave from Recut, Max of Online or Not, Stefan from Talk to Stefan, Brendan Andrade of Bright Bits, Team Tuple, Alex Hillman from the Tiny MBA, Rami from Hovercode and Rocket Gems, Jane and Benedict from UserList, Kendall Morgan, Ruben Gomez of Signwell, Corey Haynes of Swipewell, Mike Wade of Crowd Sentry, Nate Ritter of Room Steals, Anna Mast of SubscribeSense, Jeff Roberts from Outseta, Justin Jackson, MegaMaker, Jack Ellis and Paul Jarvis from Fathom Analytics, Matthew from Appointment Reminder, Andrew Culver at Bullet Train, John Coster, Alex of Corso Systems, Richard from Stunning, Josh the Annoyingly Pragmatic Founder, Ben from Consent Kit, John from Credo and Editor Ninja, Cam Sloan, Michael Copper of Nusi Proposals, Chris from URL Box, 
Callie of Toslet, Greg Park from Trait Lab, Adam from Rails Autoscale, Lana and Alex from Recapsi, Joe Mazzalotti of RailsDevs.com, Proud Mama from Applenet LLC, Anna from Cradle, Monsef from Ruby on Mac, Steve of Be Inclusive, Simon Bennett of Snapshooter Backups, Josh Smith of Keyhero.io, Jesper Christensen of Form Backend, Matthew of Works Cited, Chris of JetBoost.io, Daryl Shannon of Docomatic, Larabels, a community for Larabelle developers underrepresented due to their gender, Brendan from Feederloop, Pascal from Sharpen.page, Lynn Romick from Convini, Arvid Call, James Sowers from Castaway.fm, Jessica Malnick, Damian Moore of Audio Audit Podcast Checker, Eldon from Nodal Studios, Mitchell Davis from RecruitKit.